Hello and welcome to the Cumberland Podcast. My name is Chris Fleming. I am the Adult Ministries Coordinator for the Discipleship Ministry Team of the Ministry Council of the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. And today we are going to go over the lectionary text for January the 12th. That is the Baptism of Our Lord or the Baptism of Christ Sunday. But before we get into that, I wanted to let you know about an event coming up in March. It's going to be March 14th at the Glasgow Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Glasgow, Kentucky. It's the CPYC One Day event. Uh, the CPYC One Day event is a free one-day youth event for 6th through 12th graders to experience what one day at CPYC is like. It includes an opening gathering with energizers, music and games, a small group time centered on the theme for the day, recreation, dinner, and worship. There will also be a time of promoting CPYC, including video presentations, testimonies about the impact of CPYC, and some other great CPYC giveaways. So again, that's March 14th at the Glasgow Cumberland Presbyterian Church. You can register for that event at uh, www.cpcmc.org forward slash CPYC one day. And that's spelled out one. So C-P-Y-C-O-N-E-D-A-Y. So make sure you uh, register for that. You can also get a hold of Nathan Wheeler at nwheeler at cumberland.org for more information. All right, so... Uh, the texts for Sunday, January the 12th are Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 9, Acts chapter 10, 34 through 43, Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, and then Psalm 29 is the psalm for the day. Uh, the collect for today is Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his holy name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives, reign, one God, in glory, everlasting. Amen. So the baptism of our Lord Sunday is an occasion where uh, many themes can be presented. One theme is pretty obvious, that Christ was baptized, and he was affirmed as God's one, one and only Son. And from that theme, you could do an apologetic sermon that focuses on the uniqueness of Christ as the divine and the only Savior of humanity sent from God. Another theme you could take up is the theology of baptism. Why do different denominations understand baptism in different ways? You could ask, is it essential to salvation? Um, Baptists and other denominations connect baptism exclusively with the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Other denominations connect baptism with membership in the covenant community. Still others see baptism as an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The truth is that uh, there's a lot of borrowing of theology throughout all denominations. But you could take the time to preach on uh, the Cumberland Presbyterian traditions of, of baptism of babies, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you could just talk about the essentials of baptism or what your identity in baptism is, uh, and, and which leads us to the next theme. Another theme would be our baptismal identity and our vocation. Uh, many churches will perform a baptism remembrance service or a renewal of baptism during the service. Uh, you'd be able to find that if you go to uh, Facebook you can go to the um, DMT Adult Ministries page on Facebook, and I'll have a couple different services that you might want to use to help your congregation remember your baptism. It's an important subject um, that we do remember, that we've been marked uh, as children of God. We're physically born into this world, and when you're born into a culture, you begin to pick up the culture that you grow up in. And so today, many are more concerned about material and physical blessings and protections than they are worried about their identity as children of God or their baptismal vocation. 
In baptism, we're born into the kingdom of God. And in being born into the kingdom of God, we are to be about the business of the kingdom. We're to be formed and shaped by the culture of the kingdom of God. We are also to see ourselves specifically as God's servants. We take on the qualities of Jesus Christ and our baptismal identity. These texts today allow for us to be instructed on what the qualities of being a baptized member of the covenant community looks like. And then uh, another theme is a simple evangelical theme. It's the simple proclamation of the good news. Baptism is effective because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You can preach the gospel message today. Offer salvation to all and baptism to all who would come to the waters. So let's look at the passages. Uh, The thought that weaves itself throughout these texts isn't necessarily baptism or even water, but it is that God is the ultimate power behind everything we see or experience. In all the passages today, God is presented as the ultimate source of all things. So in the Isaiah passage, uh, we see that God will establish justice in the world that he created. In the Psalm passage, God is presented as the one who is above both creation and he is more powerful than any human or idols that can be made in this earth. In the Acts passage, God is presented as the master chess player who has sacrificed a power play to ultimately win the game, right? So he's the one in control of the earth. In the Gospel passage, God is presented as one who is above all and he is mysterious, but he has now chosen to reveal himself uh, in Jesus Christ. So in the Isaiah passage, it lends itself to preaching about the character and quality of God's chosen servant. Uh, Christ is God's chosen servant, but in baptism, we are chosen as God's children and God's servants as well. God places the Holy Spirit upon us too. We're born into the kingdom of God, and then we are to reflect or illuminate, rather, the light of Christ by living out our baptismal identity as children of God on this earth. And one of the characteristics that are highlighted in the Isaiah passage is our conduct in establishing justice and righteousness. In the passage, Isaiah says, He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. So if you take a brief look on the news or on Facebook, you can see that many Christians have taken up methods of worldly power and influence to try to establish righteousness. And as Christians, we seek to establish justice, but we do so with humility and with a reliance upon the power of God to bring forth the new things which the Isaiah passage uh, speaks about. And so far as our baptismal vocation, we should be about the business of establishing justice. We're to live rightly. We open up the eyes of the blind. We bring forth prisoners from the dungeon. You can really think of the Luke chapter when Jesus reads from Isaiah 61, when the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is our baptismal vocation. It works out differently for everyone, but all of us, not only preachers or elders, have this baptismal calling. And in the psalm today, it lends itself to being used as a call to worship. If you preach from this passage, there is an emphasis on God being the supreme being of all creation. And the implication for us on baptism of Christ Sunday is that we're to give our allegiance, heart, and soul and mind and all of our strength uh, goes to allegiance to God and love for God. God is the ultimate reality that we construct our lives with. The psalm systematically deconstructs allegiance to this world and reliance upon materialism. Uh, In the psalm it says, Ascribe to God the glory due his name. And then it goes on to say how God breaks the cedars of Lebanon 
And what that means to say is there's no real material physical protection, even in strong trees like the cedars of Lebanon. Every nation, uh, like Lebanon, whose whose cedars are were coveted to build buildings and ships, is just like a little baby animal before God. Even the mighty Mount Hermon is like a play toy in the hands of God. So the point of this text is that we as children of God orient ourselves to the reality that God is our security and power. Nothing on this earth or a worldly way of living is actually true. Uh, we're, bl- we're blind to the ultimate reality of God. In the Acts passage, uh, uh, earlier I'd said that baptism is effective because of the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the, our baptism isn't simply a ritual that we go through to be part of some you know, special club, but instead it's rooted in a historical fact of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, and resurrection. And through that act, God bestows the promises of salvation to all people, and in baptism we identify with the life of Christ. So if you preach this passage, you can highlight the gospel and God's affirmation that this Jesus Christ was God's anointed Messiah and, child of, and son of God, child of God, for the purpose of bringing all people to salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. This text and uh, this particular day of preaching is a great time to call for new baptisms and a time to remember God's covenant with those who have already been baptized. So it's a time to remind your folks that it's God, God's promises, re, promises rest on the work of God and not on our meager works of righteousness. And then in the Matthew passage, if you only preach from the gospel passage, uh, I would suggest that you highlight the exclusiveness of Jesus Christ as the anointed. And I know exclusivity is viewed as a bad word sometimes. It seems the intent of the passage is to show that there was something unique about Christ. And the, the book of Matthew begins with the genealogy of Christ, establishing him as the ancestor of David. Matthew names Jesus the Messiah in chapter 1. Matthew includes the prophecy of a virgin birth in chapter 1. In chapter 2, uh, we see the wise men coming to this child, searching uh, with the guiding of a star. And then you have the horrible scene that even King Herod knew the importance of the Christ child, and his act of infanticide tried to ensure that death. In chapter 3, Matthew uses John the Baptist to show that there is something peculiar about Jesus Christ. And in our gospel passage, we hear and see the affirmation of God that Jesus Christ is unique and that God is revealing reality through Jesus. So in this passage, baptism becomes an act of righteousness and faith, but it's also the inclusion of everyone who submits to Jesus Christ as God's anointed Messiah. Ultimately, however you preach this text, I will leave you with the thought that baptism is our identification with Jesus Christ and a laying aside of our old self. We are included in the covenant people and our baptism calls us to a new way of living, to turn from self and and turn ultimately to God. There's a quote that I read from Vance Havner. We may never be martyrs, but we can die to self, to sin, to the world, to our plans and ambitions. That is the significance of baptism. We died with Christ and rose to new life. And so as we... um, end uh, this little lectionary discussion, uh, I would encourage you to call uh, your congregation to uh, the meaning of baptism that we have uh, been called to a new and greater purpose and that we set aside uh, the, the life that maybe we've constructed and uh, search holy for God. So let's pray. Uh, gracious God, we do ask that you would give our preachers and teachers power, that you would give our uh, elders wisdom in leading the people that you've gathered Uh, under these Cumberland Presbyterian churches, that you would uh, send forth your Holy Spirit, burn in our hearts, remind us of our true identity as children of God, not children of this world. 
uh, and help us to be light in this epiphany season. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs>